It's time for Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott, inviting the atheist, agnostic, and skeptic to examine for themselves the evidence for the Christian faith. We are all limited by what we do not know and by the things we think we know but are not true. Dr. Joe Mott earned his Ph.D. at LSU and was a distinguished math professor at Florida State University for 38 years, helping to write three math textbooks and authoring over 30 research articles in math. He is now the host of this radio program, Defending and Commending the Faith. Here is Joe Mott. In the last episode, I made three distinctions about truth. First, the distinction between the truth of a proposition and the truth of a worldview. (coughs) Second, the distinction between the correspondence test of facts for a proposition and the tests for a worldview that includes the correspondence test for the propositions within the worldview. And third, for a proposition, the distinction between objectively true and subjectively true. Objective means independent of the person's opinions, and subjective means dependent on the person's opinions. The nature of the truth is crucial to the Christian faith. Not only does Christianity claim there is absolute truth for everyone, everywhere, at every time, but it insists that truth about reality is that which corresponds with the way things really are. For example, the statement, God exists, means there really is a God outside the space-time-matter universe That is, the theistic God is an extra-cosmic being. Likewise, the statement that God raised Christ from the dead means that the dead body of Jesus of Nazareth supernaturally vacated the tomb alive three days after his burial. Christian truth claims really correspond to the state of affairs about which the claims inform us. Let me remind you of some truths about the nature of truth. First, we don't invent truth. We discover truth. When Ferdinand Magellan sailed around the world by heading west and returning from the east, He demonstrated the Earth's roundness. He did not invent the Earth's roundness. He discovered what has always been true. Similarly, Isaac Newton didn't invent gravity. He discovered it. I remember I was on a committee at FSU where the chairman of the committee believed that people invented truth. When he discovered I opposed that view, I was never informed of a meeting time for the committee ever again. Obviously, he was not interested in discovering truth, but preserving his own ideas about truth. Second, our understanding of truth can change, but truth itself does not change. After Magellan's voyage, People had a new understanding of what had always been the truth. Third, 
truth is not affected by how fervently we believe it or oppose it. Fervency is a feeling, not a fact. Fourth, when something is true, it is true everywhere for everyone at every time. In other words, truth is absolute. Fifth, truth is objective if it is independent of the person's opinions. Sixth, truth is still true no matter its source, no matter who speaks it. Seventh, subjectivity is just that, an opinion. In the book, Handbook of Christian Apologetics, page 363, Peter Kreeft and Ronald Tuchelli say, We think much subjectivism begins here, at the beginning, with a misunderstanding of the terms objective and truth. They list three clarifying comments about the word objective. First, the word objective in the phrase objective truth does not refer to an unemotional, detached, or impersonal attitude. Truth is not an attitude. Truth is not how we know. Truth is what we know. I would add, truth and knowledge are connected. Plato's definition knowledge is justified true belief, is generally accepted as a working definition. Second, objective does not mean known by all or believed by all. Even if everyone believes a lie, a lie is still a lie. You don't find truth by counting votes. Third, objective does not mean publicly proved. An objective truth can be privately known. For example, the location of a buried treasure. It can also be known without being proved. To know is one thing. To give good proofs or reasons for your knowledge is another. Truth can be understood both negatively and positively. That is, from what is and from what it is not. There are many inadequate views of the nature of truth. Norman Geisler lists six in the book Baker Encyclopedia of Christian Apologetics, pages 741 and 742. Kreeft and Ticelli list five in Handbook of Christian Apologetics two of which are not in Geisler's list. In the article, What is Truth?, on the website, gotquestions.com, are listed nine inadequate views of truth. Let me mention a few. First, truth is not what the majority says is true. 51% of a group can reach a wrong conclusion. Majority rule may make a good democratic political system, but it is a bad determiner of truth. You may protest the truth, but it is still the truth. Second, 
Truth is not what works. What works is pragmatism's view. Lies can work on occasions, but that doesn't make the lie true. Third, truth is not what we can sense. This is empiricism's view. Empiricism is built on a linguistic confusion between what is sensible and what is true. Some things we sense are not true. For example, mirages. And some things we all know are true are not sensed at all. For example, the fact that 51 is equal to 3 times 17. Fourth, truth is not what is believed. A lie believed is still a lie. Truth is not tested by belief, but by evidence. Alan Bloom, author of the landmark Critique of American Education, The Closing of the American Mind, starts his analysis this way. There is one thing a professor can be absolutely sure of. Almost every student entering the university believes, or says he believes, that truth is relative. If this belief is put to the test, one can count on the student's reaction. They will be uncomprehending. That anyone should regard the proposition as not self-evident astonishes them, as though he were calling into question 2 plus 2 equals 4. Francis Beckwith and Greg Kukul add in their book, Relativism, Feet Firmly Planted in Midair, say this, what Professor Bloom observes is not a trend, but a revolution. Like most revolutions, it did not start with a rifle shot or a cannon, but with an idea that was whispered in many different environments and diverse situations. This revolution started in academia and eventually engulfed the common person. Its growth has been so subtle and thorough that it is now a core belief, not just of the college elite, but of the rank and file, white collar and blue collar alike. Since the 1960s, we have been in the throes of this quiet and desperate revolution of thought, the death of truth. Truth here does not mean subjective truth, that is in the sense of a personal opinion, but objective truth, the kind of thing that can be known for sure because it corresponds to reality, what Francis Schaeffer called true truth. But if truth is claimed, people commonly interpret that to mean subjective truth. The society as a whole contends that truth is person-related, opinion-based, testable only by the person's subjectivity. In debate situations, what often happens is this. After one side has made a substantive argument, 
Unable to refute that point, the subjectivist may retreat to this subjectivist defense. What you say may be true for you, but not for me. Truth is relative. What right do you have to impose your beliefs on me? You're just being judgmental and narrow-minded. The first side can cope with this move with this reply. Is your statement true? Are you absolutely sure? Not only is this defense the most popular one today, it also makes impossible all reasoning about anything. This view is called the subjective and relativistic view of truth, or relativism for short. This view is dominant in our culture now. For that reason, I must continue discussing this topic. First, this much is clear. For the truth of a proposition, the correspondence view definition and relativism's view of truth cannot both be correct. Second, relativism's view actually involves an error in reasoning called the relativist fallacy. The fallacy manifests itself in the slide from what is true about a person who has a belief to the error that the content of what they believe is true. Let me summarize what we've discussed in this episode. Truth is crucial to the Christian faith. We don't invent truth, but discover it. Our understanding of truth can change, but truth itself does not change. Truth is not affected by the fervency of our belief. Truth is absolute and objective. Truth is still true no matter who speaks it, and subjectivity is nothing more than an opinion. It's like a nose. We all have one. Truth can be understood both negatively and positively. It is not what the majority says is true, nor what works, nor what we can sense, and truth is not only what is believed. Thank you for listening to Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott, a production of Wave 94 Radio in Tallahassee, Florida. If you have any questions or comments for Joe, please forward them to Doug Apple at Wave 94 at this email address, dougapple at wave94.com. And be sure to join us every Monday evening at 6.45 p.m. on Wave 94 and subscribe through your favorite podcast app, Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott.